Welcome to episode number four of the Future Co. podcast. Future Co. is a series about the people who are inspiring a new era of business and about the businesses that we consider future creators. Now, when's the last time you came across an advertisement and you just had to turn the volume down? Or on the contrary, you turn the volume up because it's so damn good. We as consumers might often consciously or subconsciously register the music or sounds that we hear in stores, in advertisements, or in any form of content for that matter. And perhaps we make an association between that piece of audio and a mood or an emotion. However, I rarely find myself consciously relating these associations to a brand or a product or even to that very environment that I'm in. To get down to the nuances of everything related to audio branding and an audio experience, Alyssa and I are today joined by Cameron Murphy from Audio Draft. Today we're joined by Cameron Murphy from uh, Audio Draft. Um, who I incidentally saw speak a few weeks ago at an event here in Helsinki, and after that felt inspired to to invite him in for a chat. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you very much. Good and uh, if, just to kick things off, you would like to give a bit of a background brief on yourself and how you ended up doing uh, what you're doing today. Yeah. Uh, I never meant to be in this audio branding industry. It's a complete accident. Um my original background was in science. Uh, I studied in University College Dublin for a number of years and uh, really had a passion for the natural world and the scientific world. Uh, I ended up, incidentally, while in college, joining a circus society. And uh, that's where I got my first taste of the performance world and this whole entire creative industry. Um, I could never make the worlds of science and art meet. Uh, it's been a constant struggle in my life. But uh, finally, with this job, I feel like I've kinda, I'm kind of merging the two worlds together. So uh, my background is science, but I've been a avid amateur music producer for 18 years and a circus artist for 18 years. Sure, and by circus artist, you mean literally someone who would perform and work. Exactly, like performing yeah. artists, yeah. so uh, acrobatics and juggling. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. How did you, or did you have something you wanted to jump in with? Well, I was curious what you do at Audio Draft. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, what is this, how did your two worlds collide and, and what is it that you're, you're doing? Because I think it's very, um, well, let's say, from what I've heard, it's very interesting, but like what yeah. it really is and how it works would be yeah. quite interesting to open up. Sure. So uh, Audio Draft is by no means a new company, but we're still classed as a startup. We've been around for about eight years. And uh, we started off doing custom-made audio music for brands. So a brand would come to us, they'd say, hey, we have this new advert, we need music for it. And we'd say, hey, no worries, we got it. And within 48 hours, we'd produce a track for them hmm. and uh, call that a wrap. Slowly but surely, we started seeing that uh, these brand managers and these advertising agencies and production companies really didn't have a direction. They didn't really know what they were doing. So within the last year to two years, uh, we've de been developing uh, strategy services. And this is where we've seen a lot of traction. And this is my major part of my work at the moment is um, helping brands, customers and clients uh, develop their sound. Right. So very much like you guys do, uh, there's a lot to do with the visual branding. Uh, in fact, like 
in our research, it was like 86% of brands have visual guidelines. Right. So what colors they use, what typeface they use, all this kind of thing. Uh, but only 17% of brands had audio guidelines. Hmm. And it just seemed like such a huge missing opportunity. I mean, it's like a whole entire channel of communication to put forward your brand values and your message and all of this. Yeah. And uh, we help companies develop that and integrate it into their uh, businesses and their communications. Sure. So uh, you mentioned that the strategy side was perhaps lacking when these brands and companies came to you for your services. Yeah. What did they have then? What were they coming to you with? Was it just a concept of an ad or a campaign or was it something a bit more thought through that you had to work with? Uh, very often they come with visuals and a message that they want to get through. Um and by I'm not saying that they don't have a strategy, they have a very good visual strategy and a very good marketing strategy. But what lacked was a consistent approach to music. Right. So each advert would use a completely different song, usually based on the project project manager's uh, personal preferences, you know? Right. Uh, so that meant that, or this means usually that uh, there's a huge inconsistency between the different... Uh, touch points that the customer interacts with with the company yeah so the hold music might be something classical and beethoven whereas in their advertising music they might use something gritty urban and like pumping right and uh there's just a incongruency there that uh people pick up on yeah. whether whether uh they pick up on it uh consciously or unconsciously i don't know but you can kind of tell like something's something's up here, you mm. know. Mm. Yeah. That's very that is very similar to be honest. Like a lot of the, even the lot of the lingo that Cameron is using is very similar yeah, to what we would. It is absolutely we would use in house. Mm. I love the idea of um, bringing music into into brand yeah. and the let's say even the whole systemic level of it. So, for example, like music is very multisensorial. You might Absolutely. not notice it at first, but consciously you might start to say, oh, I'm hearing this background noise when I'm in the retail shop or, yeah. um, or oh, it kind of pairs back to that ad I just saw from the same brand or the same company that you could start making these associations uh, yeah. as a customer or a consumer and, and how it could actually pair back to building your brand experience and, and creating a multisensorial experience for, for exactly. customers. And the one thing that I try to tell people and really want people to know is that it's more than just a jingle. Mm. It's like, uh, yes, we do make jingles, but it's so much more than that. It's about consistency. And this is where what I was talking about, my passion of combining science and art comes together, is there's so much amazing research out there uh, on how sound affects us on a, a psychological level and physiological level. And... Uh, one of my favorite things to do is that when I get a brief in or I'm trying to help a, a brand or client define their sound is drawing on that uh, huge body of work that's just sitting there unused and uh, trying to give that a practical application to uh, the world of marketing and uh, consumer interaction. So, for example, uh, at the moment, slush music is going to be happening in a couple of months. Basically, we're going to be working with this gin company and um, they have a very unique approach. They don't use any music in their advertising. So initially we were like, well, you know, th there was no, we had some initial meetings, but there was no way that we could really move forward because 
It's a very specific brand choice. They use background ambient music from nature uh, in their adverts. But then we started talking more. And again, this is where the science comes in. I had recently read some papers about how sound can affect taste. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a familiar one with people. So we decided to work together and collaborate at Slush Music by creating this, as you said before, multi-sensory experience where uh, participants come in. We call them participants. I don't know why. We could call them guinea pigs. I don't know. But, uh, they come <laughs> Willing in. people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they come into the uh, stand and uh, they try a drink and then they go to a separate uh, special sound booth that we have. And we've created music specifically for a tasting experience. So then the person sits down, they have a moment of silence, the music starts to play, it's a one minute, 30 second track, and then they take a sip of the beverage. And uh, beforehand, we get them to fill out tasting notes, and then afterwards, we get them to fill out tasting notes. And the hope is to isolate uh, what effect the music has on the tasting experience. Would something like this then inform a larger strategy that would go into the works following it? Or is it just research or is it... It's At the moment, it's just a bit of fun between the two companies. They have a very, uh, a very artisan approach to their distilling process and it complements their brand identity quite well to do something a little bit experimental and to do something that uh, emphasizes and highlights the flavor notes within their product. Yeah. So yeah. at the moment, it's it's just that. It's a once-off cooperation. Sure. But again, it drew heavily from the science background, and it's a practical application. Yeah, that sounds uh, really exciting. Yeah. It's like something like we should, or I want to experience. <laughs> <laughs> Come along. Come, right? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's absolutely. head out to Slash. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Alyssa touched on it earlier um, regarding these touch points, perhaps, perhaps the music that you might notice in a retail environment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's quite a good example because people are perhaps visiting these retail environments less and less and a lot of shopping and experiencing is being done online yeah. and even through applications on your mobile phone and so forth. Yeah. Um, how has that affected your work? And probably technology comes into that very heavily. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. It's moving out of a bricks and mortar scenario and more and more into a digital uh, platform. So whereas before there would have been this kind of uh, shotgun effect of music speakers in a shop blasting music at people, um, now you have a much greater ability to tailor what people hear uh, based on the fact that each person has a phone in their pocket and uh, you can really hone in and get a specific message song to a specific person. Um, so, yes, you're correct. While we might be losing business in the bricks and mortar mm. world, uh, we're gaining it uh, through online advertising, uh, through online videos. And, um, yeah, uh, it's like a little bit off the point, but as a broader shift, uh, people are moving away from performance-based advertising, so like Google, uh, uh, Google AdWords, and you know display banners, and people are seeing more and more value in creating brand-based assets. So instead of spending five thousand uh, euro on a Google AdWords campaign, that when it's over, poof, that's it, mm. it's gone. Uh, you take that five thousand euro and you create a video, you create a brand experience, you create 
a tangible asset that you own going into the yeah. future. Branded media, even branded content. I mean, yeah. the likes of Red Bull have been doing that for, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, years yeah, yeah. and mm. they've just... They, and they do it well, I have to say, across the whole spectrum of yeah. extreme, extreme sports and yeah. whatever to music these days even. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also a shift from uh, in that direction, I feel. We, um, when we look at brands from, yeah. from, let's say, design perspective, we see that there's many touch points where we can add value and build design components in and connect them across different experiences to create a total experience uh -huh. for a customer or consumer. So if they were just at the retail store, they were in the service concept and they had an experience and then they walk out and maybe they get into their, their car and they turn on the radio and they can hear an advert uh -huh. maybe from the same brand. Yeah. Uh, I was curious to learn about your current clientele in terms of, and, and also where you see the opportunity within your own business yeah. for, um, the current work. Is it a lot, uh, is the primary work actually oriented in the communications only, or is it through all touch points that you're applying sound? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So we use a wide range of touch points and we try to make it uniform as possible. The main scope of work that we have is still for adverts, for radio adverts, for TV adverts, and making music as a background for that. Mm. But more and more, we are having these companies, uh, App Dynamics, which is a Cisco company, uh, has currently uh, hired us uh, for the last one or two years to design their branding. And like you said, it is across all touch points. Uh, so the clients that are looking for this kind of service is growing uh, but it's still quite a niche uh, quite a niche service um, but for the app dynamics people uh, they're having a new rebranding launch in New York next week actually and we design the opening experience music which ties into their uh, new brand video and identity and that is also uh, going to be used across their uh, portfolio of products and they have a lot um, yeah so when, yeah when we talk about uh, like the actual the actual process of producing the music mm -hmm. um, I don't know how relevant this is going to be to everyone listening but um, what's that process like what do you what kind of tools do you use do you work in the digital world do you work in the analog world and what kind of cues do you get and then could yeah. come out with it do you for example I mean if we might do we might do a lot of prototyping in-house, which means we'll have five solutions to one uh -huh. perceived problem. Yeah. And then we'll have people give us feedback on those on those solutions. Is that something, would you guys work like that? or, or? Uh, Yeah, we work with iterations. Yeah. So uh, typically we get a brief in and we have uh, three to four custom-picked composers who each submit their own version or entry that they feel fits the brief. And then another one of my jobs is working with these composers to really refine their idea and put a point on it. And uh, are these composers professional musicians? Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not just bedroom. Uh, some of them are bedroom producers. Like not yeah. all these guys have big fancy studios. Sure. I mean, uh, it's another branch of the conversation. But uh, yeah. yeah, like they're all professionals. Like yeah, they yeah. produce professional quality work. Sure, and. Um, the process is that they submit, usually uh, we get three or four different tracks, and then of those tracks, we usually come up with one to two different versions. Sure. Uh, we shortlist the best, and then the client gets to pick. Having choice is very important for the client, we found that out. So um, 
they then review our submissions that we've shortlisted and they pick their favorite one. Sure. And then from there, they usually refine it a little bit more. Sure. Uh, Do you participate in the process of making the music yourself? Uh, I can't for, uh, for transparency's sake. Uh, yeah. I can't participate in making the music, although I do help a lot sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I can't. Yeah, it's a company policy. It's yeah. Sure, sure. So you you would you would sorry, one more question. You would yeah. brief these composers then on the kind of mood and kind of tone that you're seeking or yeah. that your client is seeking, and then they work yeah. off a brief. Like uh, exactly. So. Uh, that's the first stage is we usually get clients coming to us saying, Hey, we want a happy upbeat song for our new advert. Everyone asks for a happy upbeat song. So one of the main roles, no matter is, if you're an ice cream manufacturer yeah. or a Volvo, it's always yeah. it's happy, happy yeah. upbeat. Yeah. I so, love to hear that because it makes you want to believe that everyone wants to portray themselves as being joyful, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's a very positive, <laughs> but like, it's also a curse because like if that's all you gave to the composers, that's yeah. all you would get back. So another one of my jobs is helping the client really understand what they need. So uh, digging deeper into their request, finding out what the brand values and brand attributes are, maybe looking at what the brand identity is in terms of color, typography, uh, their communication style, and trying to take all these things and turn it into music so that they don't just get a happy, upbeat song, that maybe they want something um, a little bit electronic in a minor key, uh, in a Lydian mode, and they want it uh, 130 BPM. You know, it's like taking that small little initial request and really filling it out so that we have something solid and beefy to mm. give to the composers that they can work with. Mm. Yeah. How do you find translating that, let's say, from brief and helping people dig deeper into, uh, let's say, what should stand behind that brief? Yeah. Uh, how do you verbally communicate from brand strategy components and attributes um, yeah. to sound components? Uh, is it, I mean, is, is it, uh, give me something up, happy and upbeat, but uh, we need it uh, drawn out in four bars and then uh, bring some drama in, in the next set of bars, or how does it? Uh, yeah, so we'd get a request like that. And then this is kind of what the Pecha Kucha talk that I did was about is we do like, okay, this is one tool that I use. Yeah. Hammers are very useful, but you can't build an entire house with one hammer. So this is just one tool that we use. It's called abstraction. Mm. So you take something like the happy request and you think in your head, what instruments remind me of happy? So for you, what what is a happy instrument? Xylophone. Oh, xylophone. There you go. Great. And yourself, Alex? Um, uh, shakers. Shakers. Okay. Yeah. So that's one direction that you could take. So in the brief, you'd say instruments must contain xylophone and shakers. Okay. <laughs> and um, you can work down in that direction and then you keep abstracting. So uh, if I had to think of also something that's happy, again, the major scale is happy sounding mm. versus the minor scale, which is sad sounding. Um, you can also work with tempo. Things that are uh, mid to high tempo are perceived as happier, whereas things of a slower tempo are perceived as a little bit sadder. Um, so again, it's just abstracting. And there's some scientific work 
out there on this abstraction process. And then the rest of it is that artistic touch where it's just feeling like, you know, mm. you, when you hear it, you know it. Yeah. yeah. Experience, having the experience and exactly. then taking it from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you could open up a little bit about what actually is in a music strategy. Are there certain components or aspects? Uh, what If I came to you and said, oh, I'd like to develop some sound for yeah. my brand, and you said, let me work on a music strategy for you, what would what would I expect to receive back? Well, for example, say Wonder. Say, yeah. say we were your yeah. Yeah. we were your customer and we wanted a music strategy. Excellent. So Granted, we don't do any TV advertising, but I think we can find some other ways. Like yeah. maybe is that perhaps that's even a scenario when clients or customers come to you and ask for a music strategy, yet they don't really advertise on television, for example. Everyone makes sound whether they want to make sound or not. And if you're not making sound, silence is still exactly yes. powerful um, yeah exactly yeah. Um, so the first thing that we would do is we'd have a little chat like we're doing now and we'd find out what touch points you use um, for example you're a very uh, unique company in that you're doing these podcasts um, that's not something you see a lot I don't know whether your podcast is going to have intro music or outro music but we would look at this um, I think we need to look at that. Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of outro music. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it'd be even fun to think about a company like us or some other company. How would you want sound to enliven your experience, right? So yeah. I just had the vision where I walked through the front office door in the morning and then there was a, a song <laughs> just for me when I walked through the door in the morning first thing, yeah. 8 a.m., an 8 a.m. song, a 9 a.m. song, right? Because yeah. you're in different moods and you're in different Absolutely. mindsets and you just, yeah. you you have a need in that moment and you're like, yeah. I don't know about you, but m most of my days are spent with kind of like a theme song in my head yeah. for those moments <laughs> mm. if I'm yeah. not listening to something. So yeah, yeah. it's like, where would you want sound to enliven your day? Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think we're technologically a little bit far away from that. I'd say companies like Spotify are probably working hard on something like that, where you have your own custom soundtrack for the day. And uh, I imagine we're not so many steps away from that future. Yeah. Um, but going back to how we would brand uh, the Wonder Agency, we'd look at all your touch points and we'd look at all the sounds that you use there or the voices that you use. And this is where... Uh, our crowdsourcing comes in. We have a wide network of composers. Um, we assign the composers brand sound units. So uh, one composer would get a podcast. Uh, they'd get a YouTube video that you've produced and they'd get a Facebook video that you've put out. And they look through the entire video and they make notes on the type of music used, the BPM, uh, the instrumentation, the mood and the feeling. And then we take all of these brand sound units and we do uh, an overview. Um, and this overview is what gives us an idea of your uh, brand audio identity. And then uh, companies such as yourselves, I imagine you have a pretty good visual branding guidelines set up internally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we'd compare the, uh, what we, the results we got from the audio branding to your visual branding and we see if there's harmony or maybe there's a discrepancy. Um, and then we help you develop a uh, audio strategy that is more in line with your visual strategy. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we do it through industry analysis. We can also analyze your competitors because uh, sometimes people want to differentiate themselves. 
Um, so if everyone is using happy guitar music, then maybe it's time that you guys use synth music mm -hmm. uh, so that you really set yourself apart. In a minor key. In just a to minor really key. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. to just to really yeah. bring it down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but the good thing about minor key is that it's also where the drama comes in. Yeah, so it's very dramatic. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. need to use minor. I'm a big fan of dub techno and that's always minor key. Yeah, yeah. dub techno is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. 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 Do you have the capacity... Uh, to work within any instrument, either digital or analog, or with the composers as well? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You name it, we got it, we can play it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, most of, well, not most, sorry, a uh, large majority of the uh, composers we work with have a classical background. That seems to be where uh, the career path leads people. Um, so they usually have a pretty big repertoire of what they're able to play. Is there is there some kind of correlation between uh, brands that come to you for work and then what they maybe already expect to get between like industries? I mean, so if a bank comes to you mm -hmm. for some theme music for an ad, mm -hmm. might they want something similar that another bank versus then, I don't know, a sports retail store versus another sports retail store? Is there some kind of compartments which you can uh -huh. see where people kind of play in these fields of audio, if you will, that like... But I mean, you did mention differentiation and I'm sure, yeah. sure some want to stand out, but yeah. is there some kind of overriding trend that you can see that industries fall into like audio categories or? That's a, that's a really, really good question. And uh, I'm trying to think now, um, industries, uh, we work a lot with ice cream brands mm -hmm. and by and large, they use pop music uh, with acoustic guitar. Right. Um then if you look at a lot of the dairy brands, uh, the ones that do milk, yogurt, butter, cheese, uh, they tend to also use a similar set of music. So it might be that the milk and dairy industry is really fond of guitars and happy sunny music. Um, whereas if you contrast that with one of the tech companies or uh, the service industry tech companies, they definitely tend to go for a darker, more electronic sound. Mm. So, yeah, there's definitely uh, genres or categories that you could put the different industries into. Yeah. Um, it's actually something I've never really thought about or looked into, but uh, that would be very, very interesting thing to look into deeper. Yeah, I think especially yeah. with tech com tech companies, I mean, I was watching the Google Google's launch event last mm -hmm. week or the week before, and they had... Uh, they had a few mus musicians, electronic musicians, prefer performing live on like MIDI controllers, which were then using a Google interface, or wow. they were using a Pixel, their new Pixel Book laptop. Or, mm. um, but yeah, they're very heavily kind of, and this was during the showcase, so this was during the whole presentation. They would play all the in between jingles when people came on or off stage, and it had really been. And the camera would always pan to them, by the way, once this yeah, was yeah. once this was happening. So they had clearly invested and really thought out the strategy of incorporating not only the exhibition of their new technology, but the specific brand and, and uh, genre of music as well, which mm -hmm. was incidentally very electronic and uh, yeah. kind of futuristic almost. Yeah. 
so it really worked well in conjunction with their with their products that was interesting yeah brilliant i think yeah. it's completely brilliant but then flip it around like how weird would it be if you had a yogurt ad that used like this really far out trippy synth yeah, dark yeah. sound you know it just it doesn't fit or yeah. like, you know happy uplifting finger picking guitar at a google launch it's exactly. like exactly yeah yeah well that i, I could see happening really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is classical so. music still still uh, a request or something that brand, uh, brands go for yeah we had uh it is less and less uh it's usually in conjunction with something else um so you take elements of classical composition um such like the dramaturgy behind the build of a song to crescendo uh, a lot of the instrumentation uh, string ensembles are still insanely popular with mm. brands uh, so elements of it but full-on classical compositions are are rare uh, can we can we go to head to the studio now yeah. and start demoing some tracks <laughs> yeah, and, and sampling there's actually a very large studio next door so i think the next step is that we go in there and yeah start Brilliant. thinking up our music strategy listen cameron that was great thank you for yeah. coming in no worries and uh pleasure to have you thank yeah, you yeah really interesting stuff and yeah brilliant good to hear about that anyway and we'll be back uh shortly thanks bye-bye